Hi everyone, welcome to Beer and Bants. My name's Chris and this time I am joined by Aaron. Say hello Aaron. Hello. Uh, and before we actually uh, get talking about you and bore everybody to death, we'll go straight <laughs> into the tried and tested. Now the tried and tested this time is actually one I haven't had. It's your tried and tested, isn't it? Mm. So this one is called Paolo, which is a peach pale ale from Williams Brothers. Now this was quite a cheap one from Lidl, I think it was. I think it's about £1.50, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, that's on ballpark. Now... I wouldn't pick this beer because I don't like peach. So, definitely going to be interesting to see how it kind of plays out. Definitely. Um, I'll let you have a bit of a swig while I go through the blurb on the can. Cool. So, it's a punchy golden pale ale with aromas of ripe peach and a hint of tropical hops for a crisp, clean, bitter finish. It is 5.1%. Uh, can't really see any of the hops that are used in it. Uh, anything you particularly picked up on? Peachy. <laughs> Peachy. Well, that, that does not bode well for me at all. But not overbearing. Uh, oh, definitely. You can, I'll just on the nose, you can smell the peach. It's, right off, can't it's you? not too sweet. It's. Ri- it smells like it's going to be sweet. Mm, <clears throat> I'm interested to see how you react to it, to be honest, because I know you're not a, a massive fan. Um. Oh, that is very peachy. <laughs> oh, my days. Oh, it's like swallowing a mouthful of potpourri. Um. I've never tried that. Have you not? No. Uh, yeah. My mum had a lot of that. Grew up in a black country, you got to get a try, Yeah, so main things I can kind of pick up is there is an overwhelming element of peach. There's kind of like a subtle bitterness that runs yep. through it. doesn't kind of come in at any point, it's just, it's just kind of there. Um, it's not massively overbearing at that point. Is there anything particular otherwise you can tend to pick up on the flavour? No? No. I mean, you just had a like. Three swigs. <laughs> it's, it, it's just quite <coughs> smooth and easy going, really, for me. Smooth and easy going? Yeah. Is that, is that, is that your analysis? That is my analysis. Yeah. I don't even see what I mean. There is a kind of an underlying tropical flavour at the start, but then I think it just gets completely overwhelmed and lost in the peach. <laughs> I, I really can't taste um, much else apart from the peach, if I'm completely honest. So the tropical notes, the bitterness, and then that just smack. It is punchy, full on smacks you in the face. Oh, yeah. um, would you agree? Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> well, I don't think there's really much else I can say about that. It's, <laughs> it, it is what it is. So, yeah, that is Paolo by Williams Brothers. If you like peach, fill your boots. If you don't, stay well clear. <laughs> um, right, Aaron. So, who are you? Where'd you come from? What do you do? <laughs> Shoe size. I can give you all of that, <laughs> absolutely all of that. Well, I'm Aaron, um, from Birmingham, um, I work for a company called Legal and General, um, I'm 31 years old. Um, well, you give me way too much uh, information what here. Else? <laughs> what else are we looking for? I'll be able to like, yeah, do fraud on you later, don't we? Oh, that's it, yeah. <laughs> Didn't give a surname though, did we? <laughs> Uh, true. Yeah, but I do. Right? That's true. That is true. <laughs> uh, what else is interesting? So what what's your kind of what kind of hobbies are you into? Uh, well, music mainly, performing, writing, um, actually in a band. So okay, that, that takes up a lot of time. Um, love movies, horror movies, action, sci-fi, anything like that. Okay. Um, but with your music, uh, do you perform a lot? Yeah, so we are looking, well, we've got our first gig coming up on December the 9th. Okay. At the O2 Institute. I think it's the third room. 
Um, so that'll be that'll be quite interesting. Um, called Shortwave. Been going Shortwave. Shortwave. What's the uh, thinking behind the name? Radio waves. You know. Ah, okay. Shortwave radio waves. Um, My oldest friend will be massively disappointed that I didn't pick that up because he's a sound engineer. So uh, <laughs> yeah, he does talk to me about a lot about sound, but I tend to ignore him. My father-in-law um, <clears throat> was like, "Why didn't you call it bandwidth?" Which it, that's quite that's quite a good name as well. But you know, I think naming bands is quite a, a hard thing. So once you've got one, just stick with it. Don't go back. True. I suppose. Let's be honest. A name doesn't really do anything, does it? It's just yeah. it's literally just an identity. Just Everything else is actually the music that that's kind it. of yeah. That's what people listen to. That's the people that will, you know, absolutely form their opinions on it, whether they like it or not. You mm. know, it's it's all about the music, isn't it? Definitely. So, just having a label. Well, yeah. the music does all the talking, basically. Exactly. Yeah. And what type of music is it? Would you classify it as? So, it, it it's always hard to put you know genre down on music. I suppose uh, post punk. If I could post punk, I could put okay. it out there. I mean, you're talking bands like Joy Division. Uh, okay. Closer to bands like you know these days of editors. Um, people keep on talking so, to me about these editors, and I have no idea who they are. Interesting, interesting. Well, I think that's your homework now, Chris. To, uh, to nah, to. I'm, I'm, I'm too old and too bitter to. Uh... Well, they're a local band as well. Oh, are they? Yes. Well, some of them were from Birmingham. Okay. I think a lot of their um, their meetups when they were doing practices and uh, performing was mainly in Birmingham, and I mean they're like platinum record sellers now. So, no, okay, definitely. You know, if you ever get chance. I know you said uh, you're too old. Well, because as people already know, I, I coach rugby, and one of the uh, rugby coaches that I coach with was going to see them on the weekend, yeah. and I had no idea who they're on about. And I was like, "Oh, they're really good. You should listen." I'm like, "No, I'm okay, thanks." It's <laughs> um, about the the full interest I've got. That's fair. Yeah, I wasn't even that bold to ask if I'm honest. I was no. only being polite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't even think I asked. I think one of the other coaches. I was like, "Yeah, nothing. Absolutely nothing." Um, okay, so. Have you got enough of your own music to like kind of write an album? Do you just fill it Definitely. out with covers? How does it kind of so work? writing process mainly is with the guitarist at the moment and the synth player. Um, we've all put our own spin on our songs. We've probably got about eleven songs at the moment, so definitely worth worth an, an album's worth. Okay. Um, when we, you know, I only joined recently when when the others did gig. They did about five of those songs. Okay. Um, since I've joined, we've written another three. So no covers at the moment. Not to say that we won't do them. Um, well, but, you might need to if you're obviously doing sets and well, stuff, yeah, like exactly. filling out and stuff, especially if they're going well. Yeah, Definitely. it's always good to have something as a backup. Well, as well yeah, isn't it? that's it. Something that someone will know uh, is always good to. Well, yeah, to play to a crowd. So uh, it's a discussion that came up. We might look at doing a few, but it just depends what ones. You know, there's a lot out there. I say you don't need to necessarily have them like there and then. You know, it's just I say something in your pocket, just a bit of an ace card, just to cover yourself every now and again. Definitely. Always have a backup just in case. <laughs> um, well, you've already mentioned the guitar player and the synth player, so you're not either of those. What position do you play? So I play bass. Okay. So that's the easy one. Is that right? <laughs> this is the conversation that I thought we may have. <laughs> That's the one with the four strings, uh, keeps the rhythm, keeps the backing. Yeah, but it's the easier one. Yeah. <laughs> well, th- I think you kind of have to have a, a certain persona for bass as you well. Like, it may be the easy one, but you're also supposed to be the, like the nutter of the band as well, isn't you? So, I'd like to think so, yeah. <laughs> you're the nutter. Oh, I'd yeah. supposed to be really calm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, fair enough. So, oh, it looks like you know, an early start of it and things looking promising. So, I hopefully, so. things actually go well for you. Thank so, you. Appreciate fair it. enough. Um, 
You mentioned like some of the other things you're into, like horror films. Mm-hmm. I've got to be honest, not my thing at all. No. Um, I, I used to be into them when I was a kid. Okay. As I got older, I kind of found them quite predictable and boring, really. So yeah, yeah. No, I, I can get that. As I've got older, <clears throat> I would have to agree. I mean, I'm more swaying towards like true crime documentaries now and that kind of thing. Whereas in my teens, it was more good score yeah psychos killing people randomly for no particular reason um, probably why I have so many horrible nightmares <laughs> to this day you know well, I um, think with the, like for me my kind of journey through horror stuff was like obviously you get first introduced into like the proper like far-fetched yeah. stuff and you're like, oh this is amazing because you've never seen anything mm-hmm. like it before and then that gets boring predictable because it's always kind of like follows the same sort of template mm-hmm. and then you kind of get into the, like, the slasher films yeah you know, which for obviously for me was like Scream and all those yep. type of ones. And, yep. um, uh, I know what you did last summer. Yeah, they were the, like the big ones when I was like in my teens and stuff. <clears throat> and then from that, I kind of got bored again because again, <laughs> same template. So I veered more into like thriller styles. Yeah, fair. Um, you know, things like, like Shutter Island and that where it makes you think. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, you're trying to work out different things. I I, I much prefer those yeah. type of films. Yeah. Yeah, rather than just obviously I do enjoy easy watching ones as well, but yeah, you know, I do like ones where they keep you on your toes and keep you guessing. That's so, a good one to point out, Shutter Island. Shutter sure. Island, I think, is a massively underrated film. Oh, yeah. I think it's 100%. absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I don't think it's necessarily marketed that well either, though. No, um, I remember seeing it in the cinema and oh, did you? Had had the DVD and not many people seem to be a massive fan of it. So shame, really, as you say. Well, yeah, because um, I, to be honest, I didn't. Um, I didn't watch it at the cinema or anything. I had no interest in watching it. I didn't really know much about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was my friend who was also the uh, sound engineer. Oh. He was like, I've ever seen Shutter Island. I was like, no, no, not at all. Like, not really interested. He went, watch it, you'll love it. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, trust me. Watched it, I was like, yeah, this film is absolutely brilliant. So, I like know, this friend already. I do have to kind of give Carl kudos to that. Cause <laughs> well. Cheers, Carl. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that that's called up the section I went to. Mm-hmm. I, overall, I'm like anything kind of horror-based. Yeah. It's just not for you. Not really for me. Right. But each their own. We yeah. all like different things. Yeah. So I say, also, it depends on like you know what stages you are in life and stuff. Because generally, my life is consumed by Disney Plus or CBeebies. So, yeah, that's, you know, that's understandable. That does tend to you know sway your uh, judgment on programs. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I spend most of my time watching Hey Dougie or Bluey than I do. Uh, uh, Which one's Blue, the best one? Blue, Blue is not a porn thing. Oh, you know, okay. I just want to clarify. I saw your eyes light up. Um, <laughs> That well, Blue is like an Australian one. It's got a bit of a cult following because there is quite a lot of subtle jokes for the adults as well. So I like it for that aspect. Interesting. Dougie's always a classic though. It's just a nice chill. I still watch it with my kids um, before they get to bed. It's like their calm down time. Okay. So we say. But yeah, something to look forward to. Yeah, in the future. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you'll be uh, quoting them all word oh, yes. for word, just like me, as you go on. <laughs> uh, right. So. Quickly neck the Paolo so we can move on to the uh, Peter Falk for the episode. So Paolo, that was the peach pale ale from uh, Williams Brothers. Very very peachy. It has got better as it's gone on. Yeah, I think the I think the that. initial flavour of it just was overwhelming. As you like drink a bit more of it, the palate does kind of adjust to it. It's actually not as bad as yeah. the initial wave, and yeah. It's still not something I would necessarily run to. That's but it's actually, yeah, you can finish a, a pint of it if you bought one. So it's, yep. it's not too scary, shall we say. <laughs> no, bear with. 
Right, so the pizza folk for this episode. Uh, this one is called Ugly. No, Oligo Nunk. <laughs> no idea. So this one is basically a beer I picked up uh, when I went to watch Leicester Tigers one yep. of those. Saw it in a pub. I was like, no idea where this is. So, but they can look well cool. So I bought it. So it's brewed by Hollowstone Brewing Company. It's an American pale ale, and it's four percent. Uh, the only real information we got for it is. Uh, the malt is pale and crystal, the kettle hop is Chinook, and the dry hop is Simcoe, Amarillo, and Mosaic. They tend to be quite standard big hitters that you get mm. in a lot of kind of beers, especially American pale ales. Um, with the 4% though, I'm assuming it's not actually going to be massively overpowering. Uh, have you had a swig of it at all? I have. Uh, not overpowering at all. It, it sounds weird, but I've kind of got a nutty... Taste a nutty taste. Yeah, I think it might be because of the the peach. <laughs> I like skewed your uh, senses a little bit. There's not much on the uh, aroma of it, it though, is there? There's not much to, to it there, but again, quite nice and easy to go down. Mm, so you kind of get that um, what I would classify as. I know you mean by nutty. It's kind mm. of like the the dry crispness yeah. uh, you get from the hops, which is what you kind of associate with an American pale. Right. Um, it's it's very stereotypical in that sense of the those flavour profiles. Mm. That you get the initial bite from the uh, dry hopness. Goes a little bit smoother throughout. A little bit of crispness from the um, like carbonation as well. I wouldn't say it's a standout. Mm. Considering that how vibrant the can is, you kind of expect the beer to be a little bit more zany or a little bit yeah wacky, I suppose. Yeah. But it hasn't got that element to it at all, has it? No. Um, unless think, you're picking up anything that I'm not necessarily picking up. Not at all. I mean, as you say, the for me, I think the, the this can I would go straight to it just because of how wacky and funky it looks. But it hasn't packed what it's it's saying on the tin. Unfortunately, yeah, it, it, it's not as vibrant. So no. the, 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 for people who haven't seen the can yet, um, it's got all sorts of like, kind of like weird drawings. So um, uh, Native American schools with headdresses. Uh, snakes, spears, lions. Yeah, you know, it looks proper. You know, looks crazy, but it is. It is literally the closest to the stereotypical American pale ale I could I could probably state. Um, it's very very pleasant, very enjoyable, but it's not. I don't know. I think I was expecting a little bit more. The out. What was the uh, percentage on that? Well? Four, four. Okay. So it's n- most kind of American pals tend to be between four yeah. and five. So it's on the lower end anyway. Yeah. It doesn't taste like there's a lack of flavour no. because of a lack of alcohol, but I don't know. There's just uh, I think it just could do with a little bit of something extra. I'm not. I'm not too sure whether it's maybe it's a bit of extra hops or maybe just to ferment a little bit longer. I'm not too sure. A bit more jazzy. <laughs> a bit more punch. Yeah. Just literally just needs a, a little bit more bite to it, I'd say. If anything, it's a bit too smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really think of anything else I can say about it, to be honest. No. <coughs> <coughs> oh, well, in which case, then. Oligo Nunk. So I bought it in Leicester. No idea where you can buy it from. Um, but yeah, it's an American parallel. It's very stereotypical. Right, so we'll move on to some of your other films you were talking about then. So you said you're a big sci-fi fan. Yeah, so... Yeah. I like the fact that you rubbed your hands before you said yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, 
As you listen to this back, you will realise that yeah was quite creepy as well. So with the hand rub, it just <laughs> set off the wrong vibe straight from the off. That's the all the horror films talking there. I think it's a bit more a bit subtle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Can you say that? Well, kids, if you don't understand, ask your parents, right? Uh, <laughs> so, what type of sci-fi films are you into then? Um, I'm, I'm going to assume more kind of post-apocalyptic style for you. Well done. Yeah, very very good. I don't know why I just had a vibe. Well, I, I suppose the one that comes to mind right now is Interstellar. Interstellar. Yeah, if you've seen it. I have. I have. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, the Interstellar probably one of the better Christopher Nolan films. Mm-hmm. Personally, I am quite a big film geek. Yeah. Um, I always find Christopher Nolan films have so much promise, mm. but always lack a little bit on the delivery. Yeah. Um. Even the likes of um, you know the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, okay. Um, that's a that's a, that's a bold statement. Yeah, Inception. Well, you know I'm a massive like superhero geek yeah. and stuff like that. I think um, you know in particular the, the one that always stands out for me is Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh it's an amazing film, amazing film. And when the first time you watch it, yeah, you do get that. Oh, it is brilliant. But when you watch it back quite a lot, the reason why it's brilliant is because of Heath Ledger. Yeah, if you actually watch. He actually he didn't do a massive amount with the other characters. I actually think he had more character depth in Batman Begins. Yeah. But he didn't have that headline actor to carry it through. Whereas the depth between I mean, you've got some really big hitters, so you've got like Michael Fox, um Michael Caine, sorry, uh, Morgan Freeman, um, you know, Christian Bale's always been a bit meh for me, but um <laughs> Don't, don't know how to say Michael Fox. Don't know what <laughs> Michael J. Fox in a yeah, film. That'd be perfect. Uh, <coughs> but <clears throat> they're actually quite a bit flat if you analyse what their the rest of the performances mm. versus yep. Heath Ledger's. Uh, I don't know if that's down to the edit or the way in which he wanted it played. Mm. But I, I don't know. There's something a bit. I think Batman Begins is quite an underrated film. I, th- I think it really is. I, um, I actually thought it was very cleverly done. Probably one of my favourite, especially with Scarecrow. Yes, as well. It's a shame it wasn't. You know, a bigger character, as you say. Yeah, it wasn't a, a headline or a standout character. So, so, no, I think I think they could have done a lot more with it. Um, but yeah, so for, for me personally, I don't find his films amazing. I never even bother watching that tennis because um, yeah. I figured he was going to do the same thing with with your <laughs> with your view on uh, cynicism. Nolan, yeah, on Nolan films, there <coughs> he can stay clear of it. You'll, you'll be fine. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Inception wasn't too bad. I actually thought it was quite clever. The scientific aspect of the way yeah. they did it, I thought was quite clever. Um, but yeah, it just... It's not an out-and-out go-to for me. No. What would you say is your one to go to for sci-fi? Oof. No idea. Uh. Uh, I don't really have a, a standout sci-fi film. There's the ones I like for different reasons. Okay. Minority Report is one that stands out. I always wow. think it's a really yeah. underrated film. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely. Kind of like Lost as well. Yeah, you know, what I mean, it, it, people easily forget about it, mm-hmm. but yeah, Minority Report actually had a really clever concept, really good delivery, and I think I'm not a massive fan of Tom Cruise in the slightest. No, no, no. If anything, I think not he's me. quite punchable. But yeah. um, I thought he, I don't think there was anybody that could have actually played that part better, in my personal opinion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then there's other ones. I'm a massive Star Trek fan, so I do mm. like watching them as well. Star Wars, not so much. Yeah. You always tend to be one or the other. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm both. Hey, really? Does that work? Mm. 
Which, yeah, they tend to lean towards more than one than the other, generally. Yeah, maybe Star Wars. Yeah. Probably lean towards more Star Wars, but... I'll, well, I'll that was it. the end of the interview, so... Uh, <laughs> nah. <laughs> but yeah, no, there's different ones. So, like, I grew up on a lot of... In the 80s, there was a lot of sci-fi stuff, so mm. things like Battlestar Galactica, again, very underrated. Program called V. Wow. Yeah, I know about it. I have I have seen it. Um, I loved V as a kid. You, you don't hear many people talking about it. Uh, didn't, didn't they try and remake it or something? They did. Um, <coughs> in Crash and Burn as well. The actress who played Julia in Lost okay. as the main character. Uh, I never actually watched Lost. So no. No. Um, yeah, that's understandable. Um, but yeah, I think it got cancelled after two to three seasons. I don't know. Okay. I was, I was a couple it, of seasons ago. Season I'm sure he did. Um, but yeah, original V. Amazing. Original V was brilliant. Yeah. Quite scary as well. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. I was quite a young kid when I was watching that as well, so. But. There's other ones that, some of the old school ones, obviously um, Lost in Space. Yeah. Like the original, original. Yeah. Um, but then there was another program that not many people actually remember, but I thought it was absolutely fantastic. It's called uh, Land of the Giants. I've never actually seen Land of the Giants. Have you not? No, I, my favourite as a kid. I, I love it. Like, they used to have Lost in Space and Land, uh, Land of the Giants back to back on yeah. Channel 4, I think, on a Saturday yeah. morning. Um yeah, I sit there every weekend watching religiously. <laughs> brilliant, absolutely brilliant. But yeah, it's something you just can't find anywhere. No, I think when I worked at HMV, it, it seemed to be it must have got re-released on, on DVD or something. Yeah, and it was a bit it was a big hit <clears throat> for a lot of the older customers, and you saw a lot of people coming in to to buy it. Um, I've still, just still not gone around to watching it. Yeah, if maybe you, one day. If you do actually find somewhere that has got it or someone yeah. has streamed it, I would recommend watching. Okay. I don't know where it, how it holds up now, but. I was obsessed. Loved it. It's like anything from that time, isn't it? You know, Planet of the Apes, Captain Scarlet. <laughs> well, Captain Scarlet was 80s. Yeah, so... Captain Scarlet, I was a massive Captain Scarlet yeah. fan. I've talked about that before. I won't bore people again. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, I actually prefer Captain Scarlet to Thunderbirds. Yeah. Um, but again, I know they all went through like a transition That's and stuff. So. But yeah, the things like... Um, also, one of my other favourites I was growing up, Monsters. Wow. Yeah, not seen that in years. Did you hear the they're actually doing a remake of that? Yes, and I'm a little bit yeah. apprehensive. I think is it Rob Zombie doing it? Um, not sure. I, I don't want to watch that. Yeah, fair enough. He's going to butcher it. Yeah. Have you seen the Halloween films? I know you don't like horror, but have you heard about them? What he did to them? No, not good. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think one of the only real films I watched was a uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, and that was terrible. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Not recommended in the slightest. <laughs> But uh, no, I think um, that's probably. I haven't really got a set one that I'll go. Oh yeah, I want to watch that every time. I like a bit of variety. A lot of it depends on what mood I'm in as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so is Interstellar your top top one? Or I mean, there's many. It, it, it is hard because I do sway more towards just everything else now, from like TV shows to to horror films. Where mm. I think sci-fi is a bit lower on the pecking order. Okay, for me. But you know, if I had to go to, yeah, probably that. Have you ever watched um, a film called Monsters? Um, yes, I have. It's when they're travelling through somewhere and yes. they get attacked on, on the way. Yeah, so not basically, much of monsters. You well, see a lot of them. Basically, the, the whole concept of it is the Central America region has been invaded by like aliens. Mm. Um, more like a crash landing rather than a full-on like, invasion and stuff. Um so people from North America can fly around to South America and back and stuff, but the bit in the middle is like a, a no-cross zone. Um, and then 
some uh, one of the reports. I think a reporter's gone to go and get um, his boss's daughter. They were going to get on the plane, but the plane um, don't think it got crashed or attacked. Can't remember. It's been a while since I watched it. And then they decide to go through the Central American region, you know, in the uh, kind of like you know, find a merc or smug, like smuggle you through. And he kind of goes through that element of them trying to cross. But that film, I believe, was actually um, done as a, a very cheap project. It doesn't look it. But like I think it was actually a, like it started off as a, a university project. Wow, did not know that. Yeah, I think it's a really low budget film. I think it's only about a quarter of a million took to actually do wow. it all. I mean, talking about twelve years ago, it came out now yeah. or something. So, and you, and you look at the graphics; it didn't look like no. it was a low budget film no, at all. Definitely, from, so, from what I remember of it. Yeah, yeah, it was fantastic. I thought that was very underrated, but yeah, I, that's one I would I'd recommend as well that's if you haven't seen it. Just something different. Yeah, definitely. I like quirky stuff. <laughs> Well, uh, I mean, my favourite film, um, all, all in all, is Escape from New York. Uh, don't okay. Know, don't know if you've ever seen it, Chris. Snake Liskin. Oh yes. Um, yeah, top film. I think that's that... the reason why I bought American sp- uh, cigarettes just to try, <laughs> and regretted my decision straight away. Oh, Kurt Russell, what have you done to us? I think it was Escape from LA. Mm. Uh, they featured him in the, um, when I was at university. I used to smoke back then. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. Young, drinking all the time, smoking all the time. Yeah, what's the problem? Um, and there was a tobacconist, a specialist tobacconist, right by the university. And I went in, I saw American Spirit, I was like, I'll, mm. I'll give them a try. Now, I was used to, at the time, I was quite a heavy smoker, so yeah. I used to smoke Marlboro Red. Okay. Um, you know, they were my go-to. Yeah. And then I bought American Spirit, and I started smoking, and I literally felt my head go light. <laughs> I was like, wow. And then I looked at the pack, and I realised that they were double strength of Marlboro Red. Okay. Like, Okay, <laughs> uh, these are expensive, um, so I don't want to waste them. However, I don't really want to smoke them either. Yeah. So, good. <laughs> yeah, yes, I am fully aware of uh, good escape from New York and escape from LA. I do find I speak to a lot of people who ask me that question. You know, what's your favorite film? What film would you go to? And I, I tell them that, and they're like, "What?" And it's it's a really weird kind of face they pull at me. I'm just like, "How have you not heard about this film? Not heard about it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah." Oh, I'll definitely know about it. Maybe people to work with and they're a little bit younger or, I don't know, they're not into those kind of... You're not that old. Well, thanks. Thanks, appreciate it. Especially in comparison with me. (laughs) Well, that's true. (laughs) Nearly a decade older. (laughs) But, um, no, I want to say that... I suppose a lot of it would depend, really, if... For the kids, it depends on whether the parents would have shown them it. Yeah. Uh, so that would tend to be a kind of classic of anybody who mm. like who's been alive during the eighties. It was one Definitely. of them kind of films, wasn't it? It was. Like you had them or the, like um, I know one of was like, Big Trouble Little China, yeah. that type one. Yeah. They're kind of they've got their own cult following. Absolutely. So if you've got family that are into them, then yeah. they would expose you to them. If if they're not into that at all, yeah. then it's just something that nobody would ever mention when it's. Yeah. Uh, it is true. one of those. I understand why some people may not come across you yep. but for me I was like nah fully understand <laughs> um, okay. but I want to say it's my like anywhere near an overall favourite no. it's a good film yeah. I enjoy it but what would you say is oh I know exactly what mine is I've, I've already spoken about Have it before you? yeah so my, my overall favourite although you know slightly tainted by one of the actors okay. uh, American Beauty love it fair enough no, very very good film but understand why you're yeah, it's not one you could say with uh, old Mr. Spacey, you have to be very careful nowadays, <laughs> don't you? You do. Yeah, he's uh, kind of falls into the Savile category, doesn't yeah, it, really? So, yeah, yeah. On that note, let's move on, shall we? <laughs> um, 
Well, as you've uh, drunk yours, I will start pouring for your next one. So the Oligo Nunk, that's the uh, Peter fault for the episode. If you like American Pales, right up your just don't expect anything necessarily amazing. Moving on to Around the World for this episode. This is from Lanzarote. I've still got another one. So uh, this one's called Marinera, which is a blonde ale by a company called Now. Uh, I can't remember if I've done Now or not. I've done a couple of different ones. Basically, I bought these on when I came back from Lanzarote earlier in the year. Two I've done so far have been banging. So I'm hoping these are quite nice. So Blondale generally kind of falls into the category of like Blondale, American Ale, Golden Ale. They're all kind of that genre, just depending on obviously they put their own individual tastes on it. So it is 4.8%. Everything's in Spanish. I don't read Spanish. So... <laughs> Anything you're particularly picking up? Um, well, I've well had a, I've that, had a, that's, that's an analysis straight well, away. Well, it's um, although the uh, the content is well, the uh, the, the volume isn't very high. It's, it's quite um, quite quite strong. Uh, you got I can smell there's a punchiness to it. Yeah, it's trying to work out maybe a bit of wheat in it. I'd say wheaty, grainy. Um, <laughs> grainy, of course. It's all grainy to me. But yeah. N- nothing like I mean that that's pretty much like a oh yeah they're definitely they're definitely wheat in that mm. oh I would say that is much more along the lines of maybe a kind of more subtle version of like a Belgian blonde maybe like uh, I mean left I can kind of uh, similar to that no there is a, I've had some others I'm trying to I promise I drank so much beer I'm trying to remember exactly <laughs> what which ones they are but it is that kind of stereotypical yeah you know northern france belgium that kind of blonde ale with a little bit of a wheat gives you that little bit of a bit more of a bite to it a bit more depth a bit more punchiness to it as well um so you can definitely smell it trying to think you can i can can you pick up any other flavors apart from like kind of just the wheat and the hops i can't at the moment it's a bit overpowered on that maybe because swapping from the American pale to that, it's, it's quite harsh compared to the the American ale. So I think that's that's probably the issue. But no, nothing <clears> I've not tried before when it comes to <coughs> blondies. So I actually think it's um, quite high on the carbonation. I think that's what's giving it a bit more of that crispness feel. Yeah, rather than the actual flavour profile, I think it's actually the carbonation that's making the difference. I'm going to need a good burp after that. I tell you. <clears throat> well, uh, I recommend you uh, face up to your direction, otherwise you'll uh, deafen everybody. I might be yourself when you listen back to it, either way. Um, yeah, there's not really much else I'm picking to it, so it is uh, quite a stereotypical northern, you know, northern France, Belgian, like Belgian blonde. Bit of a wheaty flavour, not massively overpowering, quite low on the alcoholic volume as well, so it's not, bit, like, you know, doesn't really grab you by the throat like some of them can. Overall, Fairly pleasant. I like it, but I mean, the bottle doesn't really speak volumes. But um, well, I kind of went for that one because I, I picked more vibrant ones to them, so I wanted yeah. a kind of a contrast. I mean, but, it couldn't have been expensive to uh, to to get that out. So you go. <laughs> the, the, it's just a brown bottle with a, a quick sticker on there. So well, I mean, to be fair, like, I think the I think the three bottles I bought were about seven pound fifty. Wow, fair. So that was an offer. No. They were more expensive on their own. Yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> so, but yeah. I'd certainly uh, I, can't, I can't really say much about no. apart from uh, what we've already said. So, very quickly before we move on to anything mm. else, you've 
we all kind of beer um, history. Where's it kind of come from? I mean, you'll probably hate me for this, Chris, but I used to be a cider drinker. Well, no, I like uh, cider. Do you? Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I, I did actually do a cider episode did as you? well. Okay. Yeah, but I lost about 150 followers about it, oh. so I, I didn't do another one. Never mind. Uh. Uh, sorry to hear that. <laughs> we won't talk about cider. Uh, but no, it, it was cider that was on originally. Never touched beer in my life. Uh, one day, I had a, a Budvar at my granddad's. Oh, nice. And I thought... Do you like a Budvar's a Budvar? I like this. And I did have it with some lime as well. Um, oh, and then it's ruined. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll probably hate me for that also. I already uh, did. <laughs> but never tried it before. I needed a bit of sweetness to it. I thought, mm-hmm. I'll put some lime in it, see what I thought. It was okay. Had it again. I thought, brilliant. Um, met one of my, my good my good friends uh, when I was working for HMV. Uh, we took a night out to Mosley and um, got drunk on, ended up getting drunk on porters. Of all, okay. of all things so it kind of started from there um, that, that's quite a, a shift going from a, a lager and lime to a porter it is were, it they, really were is. they flavoured porters or uh, just all just the plum, plum porters I think okay. it's the Titanic brewery ones if I remember rightly um, it may have started with a Doom Bar actually first Doom Bar Doom Bar is an underrated classic it is uh, it's my go to if I see it and you know if I have it I'll, I'll suddenly pick it up I tend to go more for Atlantic fair good good chat Easy drinking. Yeah, definitely. I actually like their lager that they do offshore uh, by Sharp. Lovely. Yeah. Again, because it's got a bit more complexity to it rather than just being a normal lager, I, I like that because mm. it gives a bit more of a holiday vibe. <laughs> yeah. So if I ever go to like Centre Parks, that's the, the beer I would drink. So I, I associate it with holidays in that oh, respect. Yeah. But Makes sense. Yeah, Sharp's are a decent brewery. Sorry. No, no that's okay. So yeah, it was doing bar onto Plum Porter and then it took off from there. I mean, when we were in lockdown, I think um, my brother... Um, you know, it he, he, he was in Morrison's, and he said, "I've just found these interesting beers for you. I'll bring them over to you." Um, banana bread, banana bread beer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, eagle, eagle, eagle doing over here. That's it, eagle. Um, amazing. I thought I love banana bread itself. <laughs> Combining <laughs> it with one of your other favourite things is uh, is is quite uh, quite nice, really. Um, something else I discovered actually is why we came to the. Um, the peach ballet here. It was um, a jubel. Uh, uh, they're called jubel or jubel. Yeah. They're called. They do grapefruit, elderflower, and peach. I've only ever tried the peach. Um, I can imagine the grapefruit would be quite nice because grapefruit. I don't like grapefruit generally mm. as a fruit. But in a beer, I, I really, really yeah. like it. So it's probably something I need to go back and find and try because I've only tried the peach one. Have you ever tried uh, Elvis juice? Don't think so. No. Uh, no. That, that's a grapefruit Is one it? as well. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, not that I'm plugging that particular <laughs> word, but yeah, I try and avoid them if I can. But yeah, yeah it's, that, that is, if I'm going to drink any of those, that's probably one of my favourites to go to. So I'll look out for that. <clears throat> yeah, sure. Like yeah, grapefruit in a beer just just seemed to work well. Yeah. That's why I was quite yeah prepared to try the peach one. Yeah. I was like, yeah, why not something different? I I should have just stuck to my original thought process <laughs> with it really. But uh, but yeah, so you could just kind of like flowing from there. So you you're more ale though rather than your craft beer, yeah, aren't you? more ale than craft. Right, sure. It's cheaper way. It, yeah, definitely. <laughs> As I found going to Aldi, picking up a few crafts, uh, craft beers, uh, one pound here, one pound there. And they all taste crap as well? Yeah. Yeah. Not great. Yeah. Little's far better on the uh, craft beer. Something I need scene, to go back to. But um, a lot of it is, if you're going for supermarket ones, they're easily accessible, uh, but you just have to kind of like work your way through and see which ones like, work for your flavour profiles. Yeah. 
Um, some of the Aldi ones, I don't know why, considering the amount of clout that they've got, they should have some absolute crackers. But some of their own brand ones, for me, just, I don't know, it's like either overtly bitter or just not enough flavour. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do find quite disappointing, really. I say some. I haven't been to Lidl for a while, if I'm honest. But um, they always used to do a craft beer thing every couple of months, mm. and you used to get like some crackers, like some the uh, Crash Boy Salt. That's an American okay. pale. That's a slightly nicer version of the uh, Oligo Nunc. Nice. Um, you can get that every now and again. Um, then they get all sorts of like, there's ones that they bring in quite regularly. But then every now and again, they'll just bring in a couple of random ones, and they're always good to try. So I think we had. I tried a bubblegum one once. That was that was horrendous. But yeah, you got to try these things. You know. Definitely, you try so other people don't have to waste their money. And that's why you're doing this now. Well, that, no, no, this is to enable my alcoholism. Um, <laughs> I yeah. thought that was a secret. I oh, know. I've, I've been very vocal about it. <laughs> yeah, what's the way that I can continue to spend beer and I'd not get shouted at? <laughs> ah, I'll do it as a podcast. Um, yeah. So, do you tend to join the camera stuff or? Do you just kind of follow it, or is it just as and when? As and when, really. Okay. You know, what whatever I can see. That looks interesting. I think I am drawn to can designs a lot of the time. Um, so some of these have really took my interest, but when it might be a case that, oh, great can design, pick it up, drink it, you're not a fan. Yeah. So I may need to look elsewhere. <laughs> Trial and error. Um, a lot of the time, though, as well, follow particular breweries. Mm-hmm. So if you like one of theirs, you try like another one, you'll tend to find out actually if that's that particular beer is just nice, like you one that yeah. you like, or actually this brewery makes some beers that I really really enjoy, yeah. and that's where it gets a bit dangerous because you start spending a fortune. Yeah. But it is a good way to you know sample it. Um, we're quite fortunate really because there's quite a lot of good local breweries. So you obviously got the likes of like your Attic Brews, yeah. your Glasshouse. Um, yeah. Uh, Infinity, a one that's not too far from where you live. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's loads of little pop-up ones. Uh, Dingbat. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's loads of ones that you can actually gain access to. So you just can't. We're quite lucky that we have the beer festivals quite regularly yeah, as well. So they're always good. Yeah. You know, walk in, have a sample of uh, loads of different beers, and wobble back home. <laughs> probably the best way to describe it. So. Speaking of uh, Attic, I, I went there about a week ago, so I tried a Ferrero Rocher um, uh, beer. Stout? It was a stout. Um, overpowering and in chocolate, <laughs> shall okay. we say. Um, really nice. I think it must have been about 7 to 8% there. Yeah, that really doesn't nice. surprise me with that type of beers that really. I do. Um, unsurprisingly, I'm not going to try that because yeah. it will kill me. Yeah. So I think that's a little bit excessive, aren't you? <laughs> Although I enjoy my beer, I think yeah, you have to draw a line somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think there's... Yeah, just the best thing to do is literally, you know, go and try anything you can. If you see something different, if it appeals to you, either by the description of it or mm-hmm. just the look of it, it's hard to enjoy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very true. Worst case scenario, normally it's you know, between three and a half and five quid. Yeah, that's If true. it's crappy, pour it down the drain. <laughs> but a fiver, normally, even if it's crappy, you'll try and persevere until you get your money's worth out of it. It's not breaking the bank, is it? Exactly. So, you know, it's quite fair when you go to some of the uh, craft beer places, like some of the points can cost you an absolute fortune. I think there was one, um, oh, was it Track? Uh, Tracker did um, a couple of specials around here mm. a year ago, uh, and it was about eight pound for a half. Okay, 
Don't get me wrong, track beer is beautiful, but yeah. it is a uh, bit deadly. It is expensive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not wallet friendly, shall we say? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I just thought I'd uh, find out your actual beer history because, yeah, I was, I'm always intrigued about what kind of triggered the events because a lot of people initially don't like beer, but no. Spend a lot of money on it afterwards. I do so. know that a lot of people that don't, don't really drink beer as well. They're still on cider, and I always want to try. Are they, to is that like bottle of white lightning in the park? Or? <laughs> yeah, white lightning, uh, frosty jacks, all that, that kind of stuff. Woodpecker, does that still well. exist? Woodpecker. Yeah, Woodpecker still exists. Wow. but that, that's not a white cider. Though, is no, it? that's not. not in the park job. No, that's when you try and move it up, like upper class. Upper class. Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, you uh, big into your sports? Uh, mainly football. Oh, uh, I know you're not very impressed. You've never been impressed with me at all tonight. Um, I mean, that's nothing there, really. <laughs> that's very true. Um, but you know, occasionally I've I've, I've, I've watched rugby. I, I used to love playing it as a as a kid. Um, but certainly something I could get back into if I if I put my mind to it and sat there and watched it again. <laughs> well, generally, I follow most sports. I even keep an eye on football now because my son, my eldest son, started getting into it a little bit. I'm trying to sway him into other stuff. Yeah, he's very much edging more towards cricket and rugby mm-hmm. than he is football. But some of his friends at school are into it, so there's always a kind of that connection. Yeah, so I do keep my eye on it as a result of that. Generally, as you know, I'm rugby mad anyway. Oh yes, um, but I also love the other ones like um, ice hockey, mm. um, cricket, motors like motorsports. Yeah. Um, so all that type of thing, I always keep an eye on. Obviously, at the moment we've got the. Um, there's quite a wealth of sports going on. So we're coming to the culmination of the Women's Rugby World Cup, uh, the finals on Sunday. We've got the uh, Cricket World Cup going mm. on for the T20. You've got the uh, Rugby League World Cup going on. Uh, Autumn Internationals for the Rugby. Uh, football World Cup's about yeah. to start. <laughs> you wow. know, it's like, how many things can you get going? In a very short space of in time. In November as well, what a great month. I know, yeah. Like, to be honest, if you actually wanted to go and see these things, it'd cost an absolute it fortune. Would. But um, I, I personally think, I know it was all pushed back because of the COVID restrictions yep. and things, but I think they could have planned it a little bit better because I think every single World Cup has had a detriment where either you've prioritised going to the cricket or you've prioritised going to the rugby mm-hmm. because you can't afford to do all of them. No. And there's been so, considering this World Cup, there's been so many empty seats across them, which is not normal. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like when the World Cup was over here in like 2019, it was uh, for the cricket, it was rammed everywhere. Yeah, I remember. I remember Whereas, you know, you're looking at some of the stadiums, like not even half empty. You're like, you know, you could fit a bit, there's about a tenth of the crowd in capacity. Yeah. You're like, you know, this is the pinnacle of yeah. their achievements. And it's just getting like, Washed over, really. I think it's quite, it's quite, like, quite sad. Yeah, definitely. When I know yeah. uh, that part of the world, like in Australia and stuff, they've still got a lot of the restrictions in as well. Yeah. But there has been other games where I think it was England versus New Zealand. You know, that was much more closer to capacity. Most of that was Australians just trying to cheer on New Zealand to knock us out so they could stay in. <laughs> you know, so it. The, the, there is plenty of potential for it, but for whatever reason, I think there's the way it's all fallen. Yeah. I think actually just had a, a detrimental effect to every single one, which is a shame, really. Definitely. 
and uh, obviously with the football world cup as well there's oh, yeah. a lot of negative uh, press about it as well and I can't imagine oh. that being particularly popular no not at the moment not I, at all I think that's actually more likely to be one that's going to be popular on TV than it is actually people going to yeah. the, oh, I the country yeah. um, I, again I won't be surprised if there's a lot of empty seats yeah it's um, yeah people sort of protesting not to go there at all I, well, yeah. I totally get it yeah. and I understand the reasons behind it I mean, yeah. at the end of the day you know, if people are going to prioritise money over people's rights mm-hmm. people are going to get angry yeah. especially in the modern world where people get angry about you know, which direction you look let alone actually when yeah. there's a genuine cause definitely you know um, I mean you probably won't cut classes at sport but I used to love wrestling and, it's uh, not a sport <laughs> but unless it's Roman <laughs> they're doing uh, events in Saudi Arabia and it's, okay. it's caught, it's caused a lot of uproar with fans and even uh, performers themselves as well. So it's on the so same you, you said performer, you don't yeah. say athlete. It's not enough, you know. They are performers. In fact, I, I know there's a lot of physicality involved. There is, there but is. It, you, it can't be quantified as, as a sport. scripted as it is. You know, it, you, you still you still can get hurt. We know that. Oh yeah, the, I mean, then that's that's the reason why they get to pay the money, isn't yeah, it? Because you know, it only takes one injury and you can yeah you Done. can career be over. Yeah. Or, in some instances, you've been your life, yeah. 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 So, was it uh, Owen Hart? Owen was Hart, one of yeah. the, the, the uh, big names ones. Darren Joskov. No idea, guys. Yeah, one of the um, potential um, you know individuals and got power bombed and lost the loose, um, lost you know the, the lower part of his body. Couldn't, couldn't walk again. Which, I, you know, anything that there's like a physicality aspect of it, there's always a risk of something like mm. that. Um, you know, there's been. Uh, Hookers who've been playing for Leicester Tigers, I think, at seventeen years old. Um, you know, broke his neck you know, in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. You got so many people um, with the CTE from concussions. Yeah, you know that's a massive topic at the moment. It is. Um, I'm a big fan of American football. Yeah, um, but it's so far beyond rugby in terms of concussion protocol. Um, I don't know if you. It was all over the news, um, particularly sports pages about. Uh, the Miami Dolphins quarterback um, to a tackle over here no no uh, so basically he got hit by the massive tackle mm. hit, he went backwards hit his head and was like stumbling all over the place and the doctor was like no 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 he was a back injury right okay every single person who watched that was like no it's clearly a head injury yeah, yeah. Like, clearly concussion but like no no it's a back injury because I said a back injury that means it cleared them for the next game next games, yeah. and he got hit again and as his head went back, he basically, they're saying it looked like gang symbols, you know, and like the hands yeah, like yeah. kind of tense up and like pull poses, right. which is a sign of brain damage. Yeah. So like, you know, the person, have you ever seen the film Concussion? Which with Will Smith. Will Smith, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, the, the doctor that he plays, yeah. doctor that is like, you can you can tell that that, that is a sign of the brain um, damage from the impact and that's what's triggered his body to do that. Yeah. You know, and you now it's all kicked off and people's like, you should never have been in the game, you know, they're basically killing him. Uh, you know, they're changing the whole rules for the league as a result, but it, why should one man's life be, you know... It's true. It's potentially ruined. Yeah. Just so that somebody else can make billions out of it. I mean, again, it, it brings us back to WWE with Chris Benoit. I don't know if you knew about that yes, story. Yes, yes, I do indeed. Uh, uh, big, one of the biggest stories to ever hit, you know, yeah, the wrestling world. For people who don't know Chris Benoit, he essentially had many, many hits to the head hand mm. throughout the, his career. Core CTE, which involved him then killing his wife and kids and 
uh, turned him on, gun on himself, was it? Killed I himself? Think hung himself. Hung himself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. <clears throat> Concussions, CTE, they're a hot topic, and rightly so, in my opinion. I think uh, you do need to protect people, especially if they're bringing so much joy and entertainment to other people. You know, the least you can do is make sure that they're safe. Yeah. So, yeah, that went a bit dark and I it anticipated. Did, yeah, Sorry. But, <laughs> no, I, I think they're important topics. I do they think are. you have to talk about them. Yeah, 100%. you know, but yeah. especially being sports fans, you know, it's something to look out for. So. Sport fans, wrestling. Um, <laughs> <coughs> right. So we'll move on to the wild card, then, shall we? Oh yes. So this is from a brew that you I can't believe that you actually never heard of. No. So Siren, quite a big brand in the uh, craft beer circuits. Uh, this is one I've had sitting for a while in the fridge. Okay. Um, just because I was waiting for it to, to use as a wild card. So this one is called. Oh, here we go. Pompel Marcello. Um, <laughs> apologies, was, I, I butchered that, that straight away. I think that was it. So this is a juicy grapefruit sour IPA. Now, I do quite like a sour every now and again. I do like an IPA. Like a grapefruit IPA, not too sure that all this together is going to work very well. Um, you're looking very quizzical <laughs> just by the smell before you even have a drink. Uh, so, this is a zingy sour IPA hopped with eucanaut, uh, bravo, <laughs> and mosaic to create the biggest grapefruity hop profile we could muster. But we've also included grapefruit zest and juice for good measure, lactose, rose, thing. Ah. Lactose rounds things off with a sweet, smooth touch. I hate it when I stick lactose in it. Uh, this is 6%. And now, I was reading that, and all I could see at the corner of my eye was your reaction. So, big fun. I, um... <laughs> how do we explain that? Do you remember... Oh, you can smell the uh, lactose straight from it. Yeah. Do you remember in, in school when you used to get um, those sour sweets sold to you by the kid who used to make a pound off? Them and the bag was like, I don't know, two quid, and he'd sell the individual sweet yeah. for a pound. That's what it reminds me of. Okay, <laughs> big fun there. Um, I mean, you can smell the lactose, but I don't think you can necessarily taste a lot of it. Can't taste it, it's just really the grapefruit <laughs> is just there, it's not very um, <laughs> bubbly, not very bubbly, <laughs> yeah, it's... Not, not high in the carbonation. You mean <laughs> the carbonation isn't. There, um, it's like I'm drinking a grapefruit juice from Tesco. <laughs> I don't think it's as horrible as that. <laughs> um, so on the nose, you can smell the lactose, can smell the fruitiness uh, as you drink it. There is an initial sourness, but it's not as sharp as no. I expected. Maybe that's where the lactose comes in and just offsets it a little bit, but not enough to taint the flavour. And then you get that. I'd say it's a very subtle IPA bite towards the end. It's not. It's not like a, I wouldn't not class it as a traditional IPA at all. Would you agree? Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so you get that sharpness, but then it do, I think it does smooth itself out. A little bit of after flavour from you know, the hops, but mm. it's six percent. Doesn't taste six percent either. It doesn't. I'd actually say that the the blonde that was four point eight tasted stronger it than that. It Really does. Um, it is. It's quite unique. So it, like, it's very pale in its like look as well, because the rest of them looked uh, quite golden. Uh, where this one is it's very very pale on the look of it um, I don't know what I was expecting a bit more of a colour to it don't, no, I have no idea why more of a 
maybe a purple touch to it. No, but I think it's because the, the can's so like vibrantly pink. I was kind of expecting a little bit of colour that way, I suppose. But... It's, it's very um, either <clears throat> 80s hair metal. <clears throat> 80s or, hair metal. Yeah. Or it's got the uh, Mike McFly um, hoverboard kind of thing going on there on the can. Um, I, lo- I love the can. <laughs> I've gathered. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting a bit too excited about the can. I really was. <laughs> I'm taking it home with you. Yes, um, Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Apparently I can't even breathe anymore. Um, <laughs> well, I actually think that's a, a pleasant surprise, I'd say. After a few more sweets. <clears throat> I'm, I'm quite used to that now, I have to say. It's also, this is the problem that sometimes when arrangements of beers... Swapping from one to the other, oh, it can yeah. take a while before your palate like adjusts to the new flavors. Because of course, you're not. It's not like you're in a bar when you, yeah. you know, go for a pint, have a bit of rest, maybe a snack, and then move on to another one. Um, you know, it's one after the other, so it does take a little bit of while to adjust. Definitely. But yeah, I actually think that's quite nice. It's so, quite refreshing, I will say. Yeah, a bit different, not heavy. Yeah. Uh, right. Well, as you're the guest. <laughs> you get to put your order first, so start from the fourth place and work your way up to your top dog. <clears throat> Which okay. one would you go for? Okay, uh, in fourth place, uh, I think we'll go Oligo uh, Nunk. Okay, for me. Um, Any particular reason? Uh, it just, I don't know. It just didn't hit me as as much as the others. I mean, I can it, hit you if you want. With cool. a can, if you want. Yes, please. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, no, no particular. They've all, honestly, they've all been really, really nice. It, 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 it's quite hard to put them in order. Uh, but yeah, certainly for for that. Okay. Probably the William Brothers Paolo Peach Pale Ale. Okay. In third. Um, again, no particular reason. Just, I know about it. I've, I've tried it before. Um, it's probably something I may go back to, but not in a hurry to. Okay. Um, in second place, probably the. Uh, I don't want to attempt it. Go on. Again. No, 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 go on. Uh, I attempted it, so you should. Pompolem Marcello. <laughs> Juicy grapefruit sour IPA by Sorin. Uh, <laughs> in second place, after a few sweets, <clears throat> I think I finally got there, and it's quite refreshing. Um, not too strong. Um, not a lot of carbonation. Um, so n- nice and smooth. And then in first is the uh, the marinera, the nao from I'd say marinera, marinera from, from Lanzarote. I do like blondes, so I think yeah, you're motor one again. Very true. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for reminding me, Chris. Uh, that's very true. Uh, so yeah, I think she'll be happy with that comment as well. Um, but yeah, I, I love blondes, so uh, uh-huh. I think it had to be the top. Okay. Again, no particular order though, unfortunately. Fair enough. Uh, right. I'm going to go with last place, unsurprisingly, <laughs> Paolo, mm-hmm. which is the peach pale ale. Not my bag at all. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it did get better as it went on, but I just don't like peach. So that kind of put it on the back foot before we even started, really. In, yeah. um, I will say, third and second place, I'm going to say very close. Okay. Uh, in third place, I'm going to say the marinara. Okay. Uh, it was quite nice, but again, I, have to, I think I have to be in the mood mm-hmm. for those type of beers. I just don't think I'm in the mood for it today. Yep. It wasn't unpleasant. I was still happily drink it if someone put it in front of me. It's just, basing it against everything else, I'd probably say that's just into third place. 
Uh, in second place, I'd say the Oligo Nunk. It's a stereotypical American pale ale. Mm-hmm. I like American pale ales. It needed something a bit extra to make it special, but I would happily drink it. You know, it's not one of the ones that I poured and drank at all. <laughs> uh, but surprisingly, I'm going to say the uh, Pompa Marcello, um, the Juicy Grapefruit Sarah IPA. Before we started, I thought that would be the most horrendous one out of all of them. <laughs> Completely wrong. I actually, I, I quite like the sour stuff. And then because it does like teeter off, so it's actually got a nice smooth finish to it as well. I find it quite refreshing. I can happily drink that as well. So, yeah. And Those are the orders. The wall card, then, really, isn't it? Second, the wall card as well. Absolutely. Well, that's it. You know, I like to get busy. I have no idea what's going to be like, yeah. so it just makes it a bit more interesting. Uh, but yeah, so thank everybody for listening to us again. Uh, I want to say a big thank you to Aaron because we were supposed to do this just before the end of October. Uh, I've actually been quite ill ever since the um, mountain climb at Snowdon. Thank you to everybody who donated on the uh, Linktree app. Um, yeah, so basically, I couldn't talk and I couldn't breathe. So, yeah, not really much use uh, for a podcast. So I actually ended up postponing it three times, and Aaron's still been able to do it, so he have not just had to listen to me. So <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, and, yeah, I'll still plan on getting a, another episode done by the end of the month, and I f- hopefully I should have another couple of guests lined up as well, so that should be quite good. But, yeah, look after yourselves, and speak to you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>